tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In Guitar Lesson 20, I take a set of pedals, which a friend has kindly lent me, around to Dan's house to ask his advice on how to use them. Dan chooses to part with his Pedal Train Nano Plus and Cheox Adam Power Supply, and then helps me to set up this small pedal board. As we put together my mini board, Dan shares lots of tips and things to consider when doing this, which we now share with you. So I've um, let it go. I've <laughs> let go my my pedal train nano. How you feeling? Oh, relieved <laughs> to some money through the door. How's that? Now everybody kind of sets up their pedal boards differently from the point of view of which side of the Velcro they're going to use and that sort of thing. I know a lot of people put the fluffy Velcro on the board. Yeah. Um. I kind of I kind of get that. I sort of don't do that. And the reason I don't do that is I. I find the the sort of the hook side a little bit stiffer, kind of hard wearing, so I tend to put that on the board. Okay. But I mean, it doesn't really matter which way round you have it on the board because I didn't have a, a drill handy at the time. I've attached my Chox Adam to the board, which is a great little power supply if you're powering up a small board. And I've attached that using Velcro and cable ties. Does the job. It does the job. Now, although it sounds maybe quite sort of uh, Heath Robinson, so to speak, cable ties and Velcro, <laughs> if you're into building pedal boards, will become something that you will use on a, a monotonously yeah. regular basis. So, first things first, we need to look at maybe the pedal order. Now, I think the most important thing probably with the pedals we've got, let's have a look at the pedals we've got. Yes, yeah, so, nothing majorly uh, special, but it should do the job. So we've got a graphic we, EQ, we've got we a boss EQ. That. Yeah. yeah, we talked about this before. Uh, I know many people have sort of mixed feelings towards boss pedals. Actually, they're, they're pretty well-made pedals. They may not always sonically do what you want them to, but you'll, you will find that they survive for years and years and years and refuse to die. You know, the, the paint will be scuffed off them before they actually decide that they're going to give up the ghost and pack up. I've never had a boss pedal die on me. They are built like a tank. <laughs> they are, aren't they? And they are built for the road. And they... I've always been using the uh, batteries in them, but I'm about to be veering away from that, I imagine. I think it's, yeah, <laughs> not having to carry 9-volt batteries around and, and test them on your tongue every five minutes yeah. is a good thing. I would be inclined to take the battery out as well, so if you get any battery leakage, that you know, because you'll be, now you'll be using a power supply, that would okay. be my, my suggestion. No, that's good. Because uh, ba battery leakage could equal dead pedal. Although this one's going to be going through the back, so that I guess I would just go with this. Well, in terms of power supplies, what we've, what we've got here, um, as we mentioned, then we've got a, a Seox Adam. I know everyone knows about the Voodoo Labs power supplies and probably knows about the Dunlop brick and all that kind of thing. Seox, 
C-I-O-K-S are a, a great company. They've been around for quite a few years and they make some, some really great power supplies. The thing which is pretty reassuring is the end that fits into the power supply is like a phono plug. Oh, yeah. So it makes a very solid, connection, nice connection. Yeah. I've also got a Voodoo Labs Power Plus 2 and that, again, is a very cool power supply which uses the ordinary sort of same 9-volt kind of connector as you fit your pedal on the other end going into the actual power supply and that works admirably too. So what we're going to try and do here is power everything up using the Seox Adam. So the first things first let's get our pedal order sorted and also scissors. Scissors are good for cutting velcro. Now the thing with pedal boards we're only going to build a little easy peasy pedal board here. There's so much advice out there and there's so much information and it can be so so confusing. These days, pedals have for many guitarists replaced the rack units that we were using back in the 80s mm. and early 90s. And the, the processing power of many pedals is absolutely immense. That also means the current drain on some of them is pretty hefty. Now, luckily with our Seox Adam, we've got four outputs. Two of them are switchable between 9 and 12 volts. So if you're running some of the more unusual pedals that, that want to run on 12 volts, or you're running something like an exotic EP booster, mm. or a Sur Coco boost, which will run on anything from 9 to 18 volts, running them on the higher voltage will give you usually a little bit of headroom and a little different sound, if that's your thing. Then, as I say, two of those are switchable between 9 and 12. The two higher output ones are 9 volt DC outputs, and they're for 250. Now, that supports things like the single Strymon pedals and that sort of thing, or the, the digital pedals. In an ideal world, I'm going to say this now because let's get it out there. In an ideal world, you would take your pedal drain, in other words, the drain of amps, and you would double it. So ideally, if you've got a delay pedal that, that is digital and it drains 80 milliamps, you'd need an output that's 160. Now, in an ideal world, this would be the case. And if you've got the money to set up a board with quite a juicy power supply, which will deliver that, that's fantastic. There are some power supplies out there, such as the Gig Regenerator, which I think deliver up to 5,000 milliamps. So they can power a huge array of pedals, Yeah. you know, draining all kinds of milliampage without yeah. any problem. In reality, what I found is that for the majority of the time, and I've never had any ill effects because of it, you know, a digital delay wanting to drain 80, 85 milliamps will generally work fine on a 100 milliamp output. Obviously, there's always the odd rogue pedal. This we, this we have to just sort of take in our stride. I've got loads of boss stuff here because I've been lent it from a, a friend Yeah. Um, on a long-term basis. So I've just picked up the Boss OC2, which is an octave pedal. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking on the back, and I can see AC voltage. It's given several options, and it tells you which adapter to use. Nothing to say about the drain or anything like Let's that. Let's have a look. Um, right, so we've got a, the little sign on the back where you have th like yeah. two circles and a C in the middle shows you that it's center negative. Most pedals yeah. are 9 volts and they're center negative. So you see a circle with a negative sign and a, essentially a minus sign pointing to the center of the C and then a plus sign and a circle pointing to the outward part of 
the C. Yeah. Same so as the digital one here, yeah. Right, so that's centre negative. On the back here, of course, we've got the different, what would appear to be the different voltages for different countries. So, you know, in America, they yeah. run on like 110 or 120, don't they? In England, it's sort of 240. There is a fantastic website, because what you brought up is a, a very, very fair point. There's a fantastic website out there, and I believe it's called Stinkfoot. Okay. That's helpful to Indeed. me and I, listeners. Yeah. I stumbled across it because what manufacturers put on a pedal is often quite a sort of a blanket kind of, there you go. Buy our adapter now. Yeah, yes. it's that, isn't it? Whereas yeah. with Stinkfoot, they actually show you what the current drain is of everything. Yeah, so got a Strymon Olar, want to know what, what the current drain is, it will show you. And you can go through a whole host and list of pedals and it will it will kind of spit back out its its results to you as to, to, to what it's draining. Good luck with this one. That <laughs> looks awful. The, yeah, this, yeah, all right. So what we have here... Sorry if you're listening, uh, Richard. Hey, uh, what we have here is the Rock Tech Overdrive. Wow, it when feels. I drive pedal. I wasn't expecting that. It feels <laughs> yes, see uh, shonky. It just feels it. We can plug her in and have a listen. It, it doesn't seem to be a centre drain, or at least if it is, when Taiwan was making it, they didn't know how to draw it. Nine volt DC adapter. <laughs> I think it's probably the same. It probably is centenarity. Yeah, I, I would so. guess. Quite a pedal. Yeah, look, it's a little minor sign. Yeah. And then there they've just drawn it differently where there's uh, a yeah. circle with a splodge in the middle. And, and they haven't put the plus, but yeah. they, they didn't have room for that. Yeah, they're, they're the funny little <laughs> knobs that you used to get on the old Arion pedals. So shall we deal with the first, the first, the first one? Let's deal with the tuner. Yep, nice. Now, we're going to try and maybe talk our way through, although we're making this little pedal board up for Gary's convenience as we go, we're going to have a little a little chat, maybe about some of the pitfalls of making a pedal board. The, the bigger and more complex a pedal board becomes, usually, although you, you'll get to know your way around it, tougher troubleshooting becomes. The biggest kind of culprits when it comes to, to noise and pedal boards not working like they should are usually poor cables and poor power supplies and sometimes sort of maybe any all thought out pedal order. Yeah. Some pedals will sort of amplify the noise of others. And we've all had that irritating situation where if you're using a daisy chain, there's one pedal that's making the noise and you plug in a load of pedals and then you take one out and the noise disappears. And so you, you plug it back in and, and you know, find it's actually it's not that pedal that's making the noise, it's one other one in the chain and the <laughs> noise is not on effect and you know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. There's several several things you can do to really help yourself, I think, with a pedal board. It it's kind of a bit like the old carpenter's favourite saying, measure twice and cut once. Yeah. Do your homework before you start attacking the Velcro and all the rest of it, do your homework. Before I got a big board together, I got a large piece of fairly thick sort of card-like paper and I got the measurements of the board, which is a Pedal Train Pro, 16 inches by 32, and I measured it all up and I drew out a plan on the board. Go on the Pedal Train website, it even tells you the distances between the rails on the Pedal Train boards. Right. So you can draw yourself a mock-up 
of the real thing because of course your cabling is going to be affected as well lay the pedals out you have to do some visualization here lay the yeah. pedals out imagine you're a gig what do you need to get to what's your most important pedal or pedals what do you use the most and step on the most for me i use the channel switcher on my amp the most oh yeah yeah uh i also change patches on my delay pedal quite a bit now what i decided to go for on my big board is i went for a a system of loops there's an awful lot of systems like this out these days joyo make them boss make them the gig rig make them carl martin make them the list goes on and on they do require powering yeah but the great thing with them is basically you plug in one end and then out the other end it goes back to your amp and all of your pedals sit in different send and return loops now if you're just one of the guys who goes into a clean or cleanish amp with all your pedals in a certain order you can have a nice long loop button arrangement on the bottom rung of your bar of your pedal train board or whatever and put all of your pedals in the right order or if you use the loop on your amp you can have two of them so one deals with all of the pedals in the loop one deals with all of the pedals going in the front end yeah so say you've got chorus flanger reverb and delay going in the loop but you've got wah wah overdrive compressor boost going through the front you could have two sort of loop systems like the quartermaster system that gig rig do and you can have four buttons on each one for dealing with the front end of your amp one dealing with stuff going so in the you other you know where the pedals are in the train as well as everything else that's right what it does is it means that the amp sees as few pedals as possible so in other words you're going through as little circuitry as possible because usually these loop systems are true bypass so instead of the amp seeing a hundred pedals before it or whatever however many pedals you've got you know linked all together it only sees the one that's switched in at that particular time so it gives you a cleaner signal path yeah, yeah? yeah. so that works pretty well and the way i operate on my larger board so i have a quarter master six that switches a load of stuff in through the front end i then use my my loop on my amp my send and return and through that i have chorus tremolo and reverb and delay yeah everything else which is wah wah clean boost presser flanger whammy pedal and tuner that all goes through the quartermaster six so if you're going for a more elaborate system where maybe you've got a bigger board the advantage of having a switching system at the front like that is that you can place your pedals anywhere on the board you like don't have to stretch your foot across and then hit the pedal everything is laid out in front great if you're singing as well as playing and it means you can really sort of tidy up the workings of the board but one thing you must remember with all of these systems is they require power the quartermaster six system which is very very popular requires about 35 milliamps per channel so in other words if you've got a, if you've got six then you're going to need 210. so the other the other thing to talk about is maybe daisy chain yeah a lot of people use a daisy chain now a daisy chain basically means we're powering more than one pedal off one output of the power supply now more often than not if you've got pedals from the same company 
they are more likely to play nice together. Yeah. Different companies sometimes mm-hmm. do, sometimes don't. If you try and daisy chain a digital pedal and an analog pedal together, it's a car crash. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. If you try and tra- digital, if you try and daisy chain two digital pedals together, that frequently creates noise. Okay. I mean, I I had a situation with my big pedal board where I was powering up three MXR pedals off one daisy chain, and I thought, well, they're very low current drain. They're all in the front of the amp because that's something else. You've got something in the loop of the amp and something in the front of the amp, and you're trying to power them up off the same daisy chain. That will cause noise. Don't do it. Yeah. So they've both got to be analog. That doesn't sound like it will work to me. <laughs> no. It just sounds like it's going in different directions. So the secret of daisy chaining, both pedals ideally are analog. Don't mix and match. Don't daisy chain one pedal that's going into the loop with one pedal that's going to the front of the amp. So make sure they're either both in the loop or both in the front. Yep. And you're more likely to get better results if you stick to the same company of pedals. So let's start at the beginning. Yep. Tuna. You have a beginner here in in front of you, so yeah. So I wanted to run through some of those pitfalls. I would say a lot of guitarists do not want to buy a power supply that is expensive. And I think their reasons for doing it are actually the very reasons they should do it. It's because it doesn't make any noise. Well, that's the whole point. <laughs> you know, yeah. with a, a decent power supply, there must, there's an element as well, isn't there? There's got to be an element of going, but that just powers it up. I don't want to spend my money on that. I want to spend my money on the actual pedals. The irony is your tone will be better with a good power supply because your tone will shine through. Yeah. Your pedals will be quiet and stay out of the way and do what they're supposed to do. With pedal boards, there's pretty much only one thing that guarantees you a fairly easy ride, and that's use a brilliant power supply, the best you can afford. Get one which has individually grounded, isolated outputs. If you, you know, expect to pay through the nose for the privilege. Yeah. And power up one pedal per output how, how are we doing with the, with this one this Seox one right so let's have a look so the Seox one is individually isolated Good. per output yeah. so let's get your old chicken bahuna there and I'm going to run a whole bunch of tape along the whole pedal I think just to be sure that we saw so our velcro are oh, we going to fit everything maybe yeah. apart from one maybe we'll do our best one thing that I managed to pick up on, which I'd never seen before when I got my, my new flyboard, was you can get patch cables. And literally, the the heads on the jack sockets, rather than being this size, you know, it's almost half an inch, are literally about three mil. Right, okay. They're, they're tiny. That's tiny. Really good, isn't it? So you can bunch pedals together. But also do think of the practicalities of what you're doing. So what we're going to do with the first pedal... What I would suggest is, unless you really have to, yeah, try and sort of, once you put your pedals on there, they stick better if you kind of leave them on there. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, rather than just place, put the pedal on there and then shuffle it from side to side while pressing down yeah. so that the hook and loop kind of take hold. Now, the pedal ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Look at that. Upside down. Yeah, upside down <laughs> and it's all good. So, first things first, 
So we've got the, uh, the, the TU2 on there, the tuner. This has, and things like the Polytune do too, it has an output. So, yeah. in other words... They've, you got, can, they've got an out as well. On that's the right. Power. Yeah, they, so, that it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So the tuner has this, this neat little out feature, which is quite a cool, quite a cool little thing to have. And it just means that you can almost use it like a power supply in itself. So in other words, providing that's being powered up, other pedals can drain off that power. The disadvantage is that you've then got one ground. Okay. So you, in other words, it, it's so, uh, like a daisy one. chain. Yeah. Fine if all your pedals are going to play nice. Not so good if they're not. A hum or something. Or, or... Yeah, you could, yeah, you could. We're not talking about it. frying the person who... <laughs> no, no. No, I mean, but... you're not, you're not going to go and kill anybody <laughs> or anything like that, but... Um, there is always the, the, the chance of you know excessive noise, etc. Yeah. So that's our our first one done. That works. That's all neatly done. Our cabling's going under there. So what's going to be the next pedal in line? So. So uh, probably we want overdrive then, don't we? Overdrive. What you're going to want to do realistically, we're going to put our patch lead in there, and we're going to go straight into the drive. Now what I would say. Is are you going to want your octave pedal in there or not? Your octave pedal would probably be better before the drive pedal. Reason being, it works better with a cleaner and more, so less adulterated signal. Uh, we're only getting about five on there, aren't we? Or six? So tuner, octave, overdrive, delay, equaliser, and leave the flanger to one side, or what would you... So it depends what you want more. I always like something of the modulation kind right. and the delay kind. Yeah. So I would probably go... I'm going to be listening this. to your advice quite heavily on this because uh, you've had got, shall we say, a little bit more experience. A bit, a bit, a bit of experience. <laughs> so let's grab the must-have. So grab the equaliser. Yeah, and the delay. So we've got equaliser at the end. So these two are going to be in your loop. Yeah. So then it depends what you want. Would you rather have a flanger or an octave? I I uh, haven't got a lot of experience with the two, but I, I do like the octave uh, the octave sound usually. But then I'm thinking more <coughs> chorus probably. I don't know. Possibly the flanger. I would probably go flanger. Yeah. I'd go have a bit of flange. It, yeah, it's always good. This this is the thing I think which keeps guitarists coming back yeah. to pedals. It's like a massive jigsaw. Yeah. As you can see... I could swap it for the that as well. You could. A simple swap. As you can see in my room, I, well, in, in the kids' room, actually, ironically, I've got <laughs> quite a bit of Lego. Yeah, yeah. I've got a Lego camper van, I've got a Lego motorcycle, I've got a Lego car. Is that Meccano as well? I'm 44. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is that thing of, like, you can build it, rebuild it, yeah. You're always learning something new every time you build it. And that's that's the thing. With pedal boards, it's kind of like an adult's version of Lego in a way. Yeah. You know, a guitarist version of Lego. You know, you're you can rebuild it in as many different ways as you want to. You can run your pedal board in many different ways. And it also presents you with the same issues with problem solving and everything that you've got to do yeah. to get the end result. Not okay. to mention the elation of plugging in and it not sounding like an absolute car crash. <laughs> so I want to find out if this pedal is digital or not. If it's digital, the current drain is going to be higher. 
Analog. Is it analog? Rare vintage guitar effect pedal. And it's analog. Wow. What we'll try and do then, let's do the overdrive first off. Yep. One thing that I noticed recently, I, I bought a Voodoo Labs cable for my Voodoo Labs power supply. Yeah. And it was one where, again, you can kind of like do like a mini daisy chain. Yeah. So it powered up two pedals. The very clever thing it had on it was a ground lift. Right. So in other words, it had this extra sort of cable on it, which if you, you was there basically to stop, stop you getting any sort of adverse kind of hum and stuff. And I have to say, right. it, it works brilliantly. It powers up just like it would as if you're powering up individual pedals. Do you know what I mean? So now we've got the overdrive. So we're coming out of our, as long as it works with pedal train boards, it's kind of put as much of our cabling as we can underneath. Sometimes it works better than other times. Yeah, yeah, it depends where the power supply is and all kinds of things, isn't it? That's right. Neatness does help when you're building a board, I think. You know, these two in the loop. So this yeah. is all through the front. So plug in there, plug out there. Into and then plug in there, plug out there. Yeah, gotcha. Board. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so, shall we fire it up? So we then need to just plug it into the mains. We're going into a clean channel at the moment. But if you were to use a dirty channel because we're in the loop, it's fine. So we've got the delay and the equaliser going through the loop and back. Okay, so for the peeps out there, we have thus far a Boss TU2 chromatic tuner, a Boss Super Overdrive, a vintage... Yamaha analog flanger. Those are going through the front of the amp. The overdrive and the flanger are sharing an output from the power supply. Then we have Bost DSD delay sampler, which is going to worry about the delay bit, and then an equaliser, which is in the loop. They're all plugged in separately. All on a pedal train manner. I don't know what it's going to sound like. Neither I mean, do this... I. Probably not very good. Like you made <laughs> practice I've had recently. Gotta love the PRS, haven't you? Uh, it hasn't been tuned. It's still pretty close. For a, for a month. And it is pretty much spot, spot on. There we go. So that's gonna put everything else out. We so we've got a pure clean sound. Bit of reverb from the amp. Is your volume up on your guitar?
Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for helping me put it together as well. No yeah. problem. For our listeners out there sort of wanting to build a pedal board, I would say my 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 top tips. Number one, probably it is easier to start small and go from there. If I had a quid for every time I've had somebody come up to me at a gig and gone, Oh I know as a boy we just plug straight into the amp. <laughs> what people don't always realise is that you're not always using all of your pedal board's potential all of the time. And actually, quite often, you're using a little bit of its potential all of the time. Yeah. You might be using just reverb, just a delay. Don't let that put you off. You know, go ahead and build the board you want to build. Try and maybe draw your board out before you actually start putting pedals physically on it. Yeah. And remember to leave spaces for leads because you can then put it on the floor, visualise where things go, visualise what you're going to use at a performance, how easy it's going to be to or not to get to each yes. of the individual pedals. So, you know, imagine you're playing a certain song, you know what different sounds you've got to change, you know, what do you need up front? Number three, consider a switching system. So if you need, really do need a large pedal board, you really do need to maybe sing as well or a lot of the stuff needs to be stuffed at the back of the pedal board consider a switching system there's lots of them out there at every different price point from the cheapest joyo system to the most flamboyant which is something like the the gig rig g2 you'll get a switching system which probably a guitarist back in 1985 would have would have had to pay someone like bob bradshaw thousands of dollars for yeah so that's something else to consider if you're powering up more than one pedal from one output of pedal power supply, ideally don't. But if you have to, if you must, don't do it with two digital pedals. Only do it with analog pedals. And watch the outputs of both pedals. So if, if they are going to sort of spill way past the output from the power supply, so if you've got a 100 milliamp output, don't try draining 200 milliamps off of it. Yeah. And also make sure that it's not only two analog pedals, but they're either both in the loop or they're both in the front of the amp. Because one in the loop and one in the front, it will not work. You will generate more noise quite possibly. And it can be quite tricky to track where that noise is coming from. Number four, when you are considering cabling, there's lots of different ways of cabling. We've got together a very small basic board, which is going to be a pleasure to use, I'm sure. The only thing I would love to see on that board is maybe a delay, something like a carbon yeah. copy delay. For me, would go go really great on that little board, um, and maybe an overdrive with a slightly greater dynamic range. Yeah. But this is the thing: you can always go out there, buy more stuff, buy different stuff, trade up, get mini pedals, and all that sort of thing. 
with a very small footprint, get cables which are much, much slend more slender, so you can get more bang for buck on your board. On my big board, I have custom cabling by way of Planet Wave, so I use their solderless system, which means I can cut cables to any length I want and make them up myself. Free. Yeah, and it's not overly expensive. I mean, I used two different sets of Planet Wave solderless cable, and it cost in the region of about £100 or so, and then I had extra cables on top. So there's probably a couple of hundred quids worth of cabling on my big board at least. But it is a massive board. Yeah. And remember, there's six loops coming out of the switching system. Um, number five, considerations. Always think about sort of where you want pedals and how you're going to change the sounds. What do you use most often? What's the pedal which you stomp on the most? You need these pedals in an accessible place. I personally think that once you get beyond something like a pedal train junior where you've got literally two distinct rows and it's very nice and compact once you get beyond that point then you're really into a bigger board that, that possibly requires a switching system to make the most of it you know watch the high output pedals as well the things like the strymans and stuff because your power supply is man enough to match them yeah the power supplies do not skimp on a power supply you know, do not, you'd be better off with a good power supply and a cheaper board in some yeah. respect. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do, and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Yeah.